So we've got a couple of quick announcements we're going to run through, and I've got to preface every announcement is a as of now. <laughs> okay? <laughs> as of now, we are planning to have youth this Thursday at 7 p.m. And I'm going to talk about this later. We're going to be bold, but we're not going to be rebellious. If our government puts us on a shutdown, we will adhere to the law of our land. But until that happens, we're going to be bold. I just want to be clear, and I'll talk more about that later. So this Thursday, 26, 7 p.m., we'll have youth here at the church. It may be my children only, and that's okay. <laughs> um, our next worship night is going to be April the 2nd at 6 p.m. That's, that's the next Thursday night. Again, pending everything stays as is, we'll have our next worship and prayer night. It's a Thursday night. For those that haven't been here, that's an awesome night. You're going to get a taste of that at the end of the service today. We're going to do a little bit of what we do on that Thursday night at the end of this service. Amen. It's good stuff. You'd rather do that than me preach, right? Be honest. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Our next harvest of the table, I don't know yet. We've got a couple of factors. Number one, I'm not sure we should all be getting together and sharing a big community meal right now. I don't know that we should do that, so we'll probably put it on hold. But so far, the feedback we've gotten is to do it every three months. It's been overwhelming in that. So probably our next one won't be until, so we have March, April, May, May-ish, June-ish anyway. So we'll keep everybody posted. I forgot with all the madness of this week to send out the survey again. I will send it out. Please fill out the survey if you have not. Um, our texting app. He's whispering food trucks. That'll be the next one. All right. If you want to be on our texting system, to keep up to date with what's going on, especially during a time like this, just simply, this is my number, please send me a text. I'll put you on our app. Our app looks like a text from me. It's really coming from an app. Um, so if I send out like 70 texts, please don't send me 70 back. Unless you need prayer or something, please always text for that. Um, but just send a text to this and we'll add you to the app. If you're tired of getting the text, send me a text, I'll take you off the app. And then I want to just, we haven't publicized in a while, we do have a Facebook page. So we don't have a website, we don't have all kinds of social media, but we do have a Facebook page. It's Harvest at the Silos. Pretty much everything that goes out on text goes out on the Facebook page. There's also more things that go out on the Facebook page. Sometimes we can post videos and things like that we can't do through the text. Um, so if you haven't gone or don't know about our Facebook page, just right now during this time, that's where we're going to keep everything updated is on the texting system and on the Facebook app. Everybody good? Any questions? How was worship this morning? Thank, I just want to thank our worship team for being here, for being faithful. We're going to talk a little bit about what the worship team did yesterday, and we're going to thank them again at that point. But, you know, I've had a message prepared for two or three weeks to finish up that Holy Spirit discussion because we left that unbuttoned. Right? There's still some more scriptures that we need to go through. But then this crazy thing hit our world, and I just keep feeling like the Holy Spirit saying, put that on hold for a little while. We've got to talk about what's present and what's real. So that's what we're going to do. Today, I'm going to try to make this time as short as possible because we want to get back into some more worship. That's where we're going to find our joy this morning. That's what the Lord has shown us. But most of you know, if you've been here before, if I promise to keep it short, it's probably not going to be. I'll do the best I can. 2020, how many people heard the beginning of this year, a preacher stand up and say, 2020, year of clear vision? I'm not dogging them, but how many people heard that? How clear is our vision right now? 
I shared with you guys that were here when I kept praying, God, what's the word you're giving me this year? And it was for me, not for even you. Was, what do I need to work on this year? The word I heard for 2020 was change. It's going to be the year of change. And I thought that was me. And I did still think that. But now I'm starting to realize that word change for 2020 was a little bigger than just for me. See, I heard a preacher say a couple years ago, he said, a year from now, I don't want you to recognize who I am right now. I want to keep striving to be more Christ-like, keep learning where I need to repent, keep learning where I need to be better. And so I thought that's what it meant. It's the year of change, Jason. It's the year that you've got to keep getting better. It's the year that you've got to keep pushing people to be better. It's the year that I need to deal with some personal things where I let people run all over me and I'm not bold enough. <laughs> but now, now I'm seeing that the year of change was something bigger. Three weeks ago, we had life, and we called it normal. And I'm not sure we'll ever go back to that life fully. Right? I don't know that we can completely go back to where we were. But I'm not talking about from a fear perspective. I'm talking about the choices that you and I, each of us, has to make right now. I think the main choice every one of us has to deal with is faith versus fear. What are we going to do? What are we going to do in this national, worldwide time of crisis? Are we going to cave to fear? Are we going to let this to be the time that, like that picture said we had up earlier, that our shield of faith gets bigger? It's your choice. I can't make it happen for you. I'm not going to dog you if you choose one or the other. It may be the year of change. It may truly be the year of clear vision because this may be when we start to see some real things. This may be when we start to get a clearer vision into some things getting exposed. Don't worry. I'm not going conspiracy theory. I'm not going to talk politics or government. Hopefully not even toilet paper. But I think we're starting to get a clearer vision into who's fake and who's real. And I will say that with boldness and without judgment, I hope. I've been praying that God would allow these words to come out without judgment. I think we're starting to see who's fake and who's real. I'm not talking about those of us that are here struggling. First of all, I'm not talking about any of you guys. You've showed up when you had an absolute excuse to stay home. Praise God for every one of you. Praise God for every one of you. Get, I want a big hand clap for that. You had every excuse to stay home today. Every one of you did, except for the worship team. <laughs> you had every excuse to stay home, but you didn't. You know what that shows me? You may be struggling. You may not know what to do. You may not know what tomorrow's going to bring, but you're standing in faith. We've got new people in the room today. Standing in faith. Because churches are being exposed. And I'm not dogging a church because they closed the doors. If they made a decision to close the doors and the Holy Spirit told them to do that, praise you, Lord, for them listening. Because maybe God protected that church for something bad that was going to happen. But God has told us to keep our doors open. To let faith win out over fear. If nobody else will preach it, I will. 
So I'm not talking about those of us that came in here struggling. We don't know what to do. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't know how to act. We don't know if we should be inside or outside. We don't know if we went out in a group of 10. Was that okay or was that irresponsible? I'm talking about exposure of people that talk a big talk and ain't walking, period, right now. I'm talking about people that learn to play church and they don't know how to live church and don't know how to be church. Are you with me? I'm talking about people who post all over social media how strong their faith is and how much they love Jesus and how much they'll stand up and they'll die for Jesus. And where are they now? Are they checking on their elderly neighbors? Are they checking on the people that live in their neighborhood, the people they know they're elderly and saying, can I go get groceries for you so you don't get exposed? Maybe some of them are, maybe some of them aren't, and I'm not trying to blame anybody. I'm just pointing out there's a whole lot of people. What, what did you call it yesterday, Andy, when somebody, the keyboard warriors or whatever? What did, she's, she says, so cute when people hide behind a computer and fight their fights. I'll explain to you in a minute or two why she said that. No effort to provide food for those that need it. Man, they're quick to run and buy all the toilet paper on the shelves. Dang it, I said it. No effort to encourage people to fight their fear right now. You can stay home and quarantine. That's fine. But while you're at home, fight your fear. Fight your fear. Teach people how to spread calm and joy and faith and love and hope. So I can do that from behind a keyboard too, staying at home quarantine. So I'm not saying if you stayed at home in quarantine that you made a poor decision. Hear me clearly. And I'm not saying that if some of you decide to do that this week, you're making a poor decision. I'm not saying that shows a lack of faith. I'm talking about the people that stand up for Jesus when it's easy. And they're caving like cheap accordions right now when this is a tough time. It's a vacation, right? I don't have to go to work. It's a vacation. We don't get a vacation. We don't get a vacation, guys. It is our job to preach hope, faith, joy. The love of Jesus, okay? It's our job. This is the time that we should be thankful for and shining. I should be going, thank you, God, for this crisis. Because this is when your blood, Jesus, gets to shine for the whole world to see. We'll be criticized. I get it. I can have church and be criticized. I can decide to shut down next week and be criticized. What if we've been open the past couple weeks? What if we decide to shut down next week? Will I be criticized? Of course. I don't care. I'm going to stand up for the blood of Jesus. I'm going to try to help people fight fear, not go on a vacation and let people live full of fear. That is my role right now. Doesn't Scripture say we're supposed to expect these things right now? Don't we say that, though, a lot? Don't we walk around saying, it's the Word of God, it says that, but now it's happening and we're freaking out? So I think this is a time that some Christians are going to be exposed. I put that word in quotes. Who truly believes the Word of God? And who says they do, but they really don't. Second Chronicles 7.14. You guys, we've heard this verse a thousand times. Especially since 9-11. I can tell you in the last 20 years, I've heard it a lot. 
If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. How many people have heard that verse? How many have heard the verse before it? Exactly. Man, that verse feels good. Humble yourselves, America. You're in the wrong. Humble yourselves, world. But let's go to verse 13. Verse 13 says, this is before. When I shut up the heavens so there is no rain. Doesn't that look a lot like Australia right now and wildfires? Sue talked about this last week. I'm just reiterating. Can you go to 2 Chronicles 7.13, Ron? When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land. How many of you know that right now in Africa all, all their crops are being eaten up by locusts? And they don't know what to do. We're only worried about our little coronavirus thing, but the world is suffering from other things. And see, Australia wasn't our problem three weeks ago. Uh, we felt sorry for them. We had a little bit of empathy because of Gatlinburg and some other things, but it wasn't really our problem, let's be honest. Oh, the locusts in Africa, that's not our problem. Now we got something that's our problem, so I want to bring you back to this. Why not shut up the heavens so there's no rain? Or command locusts to devour land? Or send a plague among my people? Now let's go to verse 14. Then, that's when you need to humble yourselves and pray. This is the time we were called for, guys. We were called for this moment right now. This is when I'm going to humble myself and ask God to humble me. Still be bold, but humble. This is the time that I'm going to pray like I've never prayed before, and I'm asking you to. This is the time I'm going to seek God's face. I'm asking him multiple times a day, what do I do, God? Do I go out? Do I stay in? Do we go sing to the people? Do we have church? Do we not? What do we do? Am I being irresponsible? I'm seeking his face. I'm asking you, God, tell us what to do. I've got a bigger responsibility than my own family. You think it's not a burden to think about what I'm maybe exposing you to if I'm making a wrong decision? I'm just being honest with you. We've got to pray for each other right now. We've got to seek his face. We've got to turn from our wicked ways. All of us have something wicked. That's the whole purpose of doing communion. God, show me. Show me. See, when we say turn from their wicked ways, you're like, well, I ain't stealing nothing. I ain't killing nobody. I ain't cheating on my spouse. I ain't doing anything wicked. What about holding on to fear when God says don't? That's wicked. This is a time we're supposed to turn from all of our wicked ways, not just from a few of them. Then God will hear from heaven. Then he will forgive our land. Then he will heal. Okay, you with me? So I'm just trying to tell you, this is the time we were designed for. This is when we should be shining, not when we should be closing our doors. I want to tell you a little bit about what we're doing as a church, because I want you to know what we're doing, and I want to tell you what we're doing as a family. I need your help on these. As a church, we are trying to identify the elderly or immunocompromised in our, in our community that don't need to go out and buy groceries. We need your help. If you know someone who needs groceries, I will go buy them. By the way, this is a great time to thank every person in this church that tithes because this week your money bought groceries for families. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's your money. Thank you. Some of ours too, but it's your money. Thank you. We didn't post it all over social media. We're not going to embarrass those people. 
but they ask me to personally thank every one of you. Someone called me because we posted it on Facebook. And I promise you, I'm only giving you this example because she said, please tell them thank you. She called and her voicemail was, I don't know if this is even real or not, but I've got to take a chance because I've got diabetes. I'm insulin dependent. My daughter just lost her job. And I'm a widow. Sick, elderly widow. Doesn't that fit in some scripture I heard about <laughs> that Jesus told us to take care of? I don't know her. What's my first human thought? You got a daughter that lives at home that's 29. You're elderly. Are you supporting a drug addict? I'm just going to be honest with you. That was my first thought. I've repented for that thought. I've asked God to forgive me, but that was my first thought. And we prayed, and God said, go. We didn't know these people. I said, send me a list of what you need. A couple of us went, and we bought groceries. We took her to her. We didn't shake her hand. We didn't touch him. We didn't get within six feet. We just dropped him off. We told him, Jesus loves you. He just wants you to know how much he loves you right now. He just wants you to have some faith when you don't, when, when, when the world is down. He wants you to have some joy and some hope. And they said, thank you. And we left. We still owe her some toilet paper. We couldn't find it anywhere. Twice. <laughs> so today, I'm taking her some of ours. Because that's what we're called to do. And I need your help. If we have elderly people you know of, let us know. If you can't afford to do it, if you don't have time to do it, we'll do it. Please let us know, okay? The second thing we're trying to do is we're trying to identify like nursing homes or large concentrations of elderly. We heard something earlier in the week, and it's been confusing just to be honest with you, but we heard something earlier in the week that Broadway Towers, for example, it's a big concentration of elderly people, that they were losing some of their daily meals. Some of their daily, like Meals on Wheels, that sort of thing. I'm not sure which ones, but they were losing some of their daily meals. So somebody got all fired up, and they were going to put a team together to start. It was a community thing to start helping them, and then it just kind of petered out. Um, but Casey is actually trying to get in touch with the people that were running that. It's been shifted to, like, what, two or three different people? <laughs> the goal is we're, trying to, uh, we're just trying to identify the need. If there's a large group of elderly people, we need to be taking them food. That's what Scripture says, right? That's what the original deacons were for, to go take care of the elderly, take care of the widows, take care of the sick, right? That's what we need to do. So if you have an idea, I don't know a lot of elderly people, outside of a few in our church. I don't know a lot of elderly people. Bad time for a joke. I don't know a lot of elderly people, <laughs> But if you do and you know where they're concentrated, call that place and say, can we help you? Can our church bring you food? Can we bring you a couple of meals? Can we bring you some groceries? Can we bring you some canned goods? Can we bring you some toilet paper? Can we bring you some paper towels? Whatever you need. The third thing that God put on our hearts to do was he called us to go out yesterday in our community and worship. And the whole goal was to spread joy hope, and love. And we got a video to show you.
want to thank our worship team. We all went for like six hours yesterday and sang our guts out, and they still came and sang today. Thank you to the worship team. Thank you for the people that went. Yeah, thank, yeah, Jeff, thank Jeff. Give a big hand clap for Jeff. Jeff did fantastic and put that together. And we didn't put that video together to brag. We wanted you to show we're trying to get out. We don't know how to deal with this. Have any of y'all ever dealt with this before? So we're doing the best we can. You got ideas? Give them to us. We're open. We're going to be bold, and we're going to go out. Now, some of you might wonder, why did we have a song over that and not our actual singing? First of all, it would be very hard to take little short clips of different songs being sung because we had like seven or eight songs and put it together. Secondly, some of us don't know the words to all those songs all the time. So Ryan came up. <laughs> That's Ryan's contribution for this morning. <laughs> that gummit, if I don't know the words, I'm still going to sing loud, okay? It would have been exposed if we would have had our actual singing. I want to ask you a question, though. Do you think we got pushback yesterday? Anybody ever heard of Maryville Speaks Out on Facebook? What's wrong with these people? Now, 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 granted, if you zoom in on me right there, I look a little sketchy. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. In Alcoa, Tennessee, there are a group of people gathering in front of Walmart to protest. And then it says, a virus. We watched her take that picture. She didn't come close enough. By the way, we're in front of Cato. Cato's is closed. Asian Buffet is closed. We're way away from people. If we have it, we've probably already spread it amongst ourselves. We're not being cavalier or uncautious. We just, you know, we have a lot of healthcare workers in here, right? Not to put any fear in anybody. Please fear, go in the name of Jesus. But we're minding our own business over here. That's not a gigantic crowd. Some people aren't going to receive the message. Some people don't want joy. Some people want hate. So we do what we can. But Jesus also said, don't cast your pearls before swine. Am I going to fight her? I don't know. I've been praying hard about it. By the way, go to our Facebook page. LBGT. We're not going into that today. All I'm saying is that is a community that preaches tolerance yet she's totally intolerant of what we're doing. What is that word? Hypocrisy. What's the other hypocrisy? She was in Walmart where 4,000 people were. Someone said, no, they weren't protesting the virus. They were protesting the quarantine. I'm sorry, maybe you should have got that sign right there that says, are you elderly? Are you immunocompromised? We'll buy your groceries. But see, some people, you guys seen it in the political world? Again, we're not going political. Have you seen it where a message is out there, but it's twisted just a little bit for an agenda? She has an agenda. She doesn't want the hope. She's okay with going into Walmart and being around a bunch of people and getting infected and then blaming us for standing way away from everybody, social distancing. 
It's okay. We're at Kroger. We are approached and provoked by an unbeliever with a Bible in his hand. He walked up. I'm an unbeliever. You got your Bible? And I went, oh, no, I don't have my Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Pulled out my phone. (laughs) And he said, your message is dangerous. And I was like, I, I, yeah, we needed that Cajun guy out there yesterday. <laughs> Amen. And he said, turn your Bible to 2 Samuel. Well, I know I'm walking into a trap. Luckily, I've got very discerning women, one of which is sitting in the back saying, back down, back down. <laughs> I prayed for too much boldness. <laughs> And he started reading in 2 Samuel where God sent a plague. He's an unbeliever saying, you're saying God's going to take care of this. He's the one that sent it. He was looking for an argument, guys. He wasn't an unbeliever walking up to say, show me, prove me. I see something. It's contagious. What, what do you got? He just wanted to fight. Okay? Third place we went, we thought we were going to go like 15 places, is typical me, and we make it to three over six hours, but third place we went, which was in between those, we were asked to leave. Store manager and another person comes out and says, who's in charge here? I said, it's me. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, we're just trying to spread a message of joy and hope and love in a tough time. And he said, well, we don't allow gatherings for 20 of 20 or more in our parking lot. And I went... We don't have 20, but if that's what you want, (laughs) we'll leave. And he said, yeah, you need to leave. It's a Christian organization that this week sent out a post with Scripture at the bottom from the CEO. Is it time to talk it? Is there a time to live it? I'm tired of talking it, and I want to encourage you guys to live it. Living it doesn't mean going out burning down things and creating chaos and problems. It just means having faith this week. Not having fear. Don't worry, sneezing is not a symptom. <laughs> really? Like every time somebody coughs, like today I got choked on my own spit and I start coughing. I was like, oh crap, everybody's gonna leave. <laughs> okay, so we had some we had some some pushback, but you know what else we had? Save the best for last. We had a lot of smiles. We had a lot of waves. We had a lot of thumbs up, phones taking pictures, maybe to blast us today on Maryville Speaks Out. We had two people come up and give us money. I said, no, 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 we're not, we're not asking for money. And they go, no, 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 put this towards someone's groceries. That's strong right there. We had people let us pray over them. It was their decision if they broke that six-foot barrier. By the way, the unbeliever went, as I walked up to him, he goes, whoa, whoa, 10 feet, 10 feet. I'm like, dude, you don't even know what the CDC said. <laughs> I didn't say that. Aaron brought that up later. <laughs> we don't know the impact we had yesterday. We know the negative. But sometimes you don't know the positive, and we may not know how much it means to someone that you give them faith during this time, and you give them hope, and you give them joy. We may not ever know the side of heaven. So your faith and your boldness has to be not contingent upon what you see. 
I was angry when we were asked to leave that place. I'm not going to lie to you. I was angry when that unbeliever came up. I was angry when the Maryville Speaks Out thing came up. But I just had to keep praying through it. You think Satan didn't put some lies in here? Yeah, you are being irresponsible. You are being stupid. And I just had to keep fighting them. So now I'm going to share with you what we're doing as a family each day. Do you have something? I think. Oh, yeah. So on Maryville Speaks Out, when people stood up against us, we had two people that went and fought those fights, and they did it in a good way. <laughs> Better than I would have worded it. So thank you, Beverly and Aaron, for fighting those fights for us. I'm just saying, no, that's not what we were doing at all. This was our goal. But again, they may not like it. They may have come on there looking for a fight. That's when Andy said, that's oh, so cute. When these people sit behind their keyboards and type it out. So cute. So cute. Thank you, thank you, Faith. Now I want to share with you what we're doing as a family each day because this is what I hope you will do. You don't have to do all these. If you do one of these, might want to turn this one down. I'll do my best to stand here. We've turned off the news. I don't need the news to tell me what's going on. I got plenty of other people. <laughs> We've turned off the news because if I turn it on for 10 minutes, I fell into a rabbit's hole of fear. And I had to fight my way back out for the next two hours. Just being honest. So I turn it off. I'm not completely walking away. There's a lot of data out there, right? There is a ton of data for us. Social media is going to keep you updated with everything you need, but even some of that's false. So I want you to be careful. I'm going to give you an example. Anybody heard what the state of New York did? Somebody tell me. What did the state of New York do Friday? Mandatory quarantine for all except for essential businesses. Anybody hear that? Governor Cuomo, New York. Mandatory quarantine. So that made everybody in Tennessee freak out. California's doing it. Now New York's doing it. It's going to be just like the NBA and the Major League. Thank you, sir. One state caves. Another state caves. Right? So I'm the skeptic. He said everything except essential businesses. So let's go look up what is essential businesses. So if he says everything but essential businesses, he has to define what's essential, right? Go look it up. We read them off this morning. I read them off to my kids. Guys, is there anything not on the essential business list? Church. Carpentry's on there. Electrician's on there. I look for a few things that would bother our people in our church. Everything's on there. His essential list is this long. And it ain't just your electricity and your public, your, your nurses. And by the way, can we give a hand clap for the nurses and healthcare workers in here? Thank each of you for what you do. Thank you. Today, yesterday, three weeks ago, tomorrow, thank you. Because you got crap hitting you all the time, right? Okay, so we go through and look through. Guess what's an essential business in New York right now? Bar. Bar. Takeout. 
essential though. Restaurants and bars take out only, but it's essential. Guess what else is essential? Liquor store. But church is not. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want to be that man when he stands in front of God and says, I declared this was okay, but church gatherings were not. Turn off the news. And when you hear the news, go verify it. Okay? Secondly, we take com- we're taking communion every day. Every day, guys, we've talked about communion before. It doesn't have to be something you do on Sunday. It doesn't have to be something you do just when your church does it. We've got these little, these little single-serve things, and I'll be honest, up till this week, I hated those things. This week, I love them. <laughs> Take as many as you want from back there. There's a box back there. Take as many as you want. We'll buy more. When you go to Walmart, because you will, or when you go to Kroger, because you will, why don't you buy you some crackers and some grape juice? You don't have to be perfect in this. We're just declaring the blood of Jesus and the healing power of Jesus every day with communion. We're turning off the news, we're doing communion daily, and we're reading Psalms 91 over our family. And I'm going to read it over my family right now. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Don't we need rest right now? This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge. He is my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Do you believe that scripture? He will cover you. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness. There's two references in there. He'll protect you from deadly disease. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. I declare that over my family, and I declare it over you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. We're reading this. We're doing communion. We're turning off the news. These will help your attitude, I promise you. Yesterday, before we worshiped, we all took communion together. I read Psalms 91, and I read the armor of God, Ephesians 6, 10 through 13-ish, whatever. We've got to stand on these scriptures right now, guys. What else do we do? Worship. Worship. Don't let it just be here. YouTube can be your best friend for worship. All these songs are out there with the lyrics. Put in your favorite worship song and put the word lyrics after it. We're going to show you in a few minutes how to do it. We've shared our worship night list on our Facebook page. You can play your own if you don't like our music. But worship. We've got a picture of the next thing we've done. 
We've hung red sashes on our door, and there's a reason for this. This is symbolic. When a plague was sent against the Egyptians, who was protected? God's people. They were protected against all those plagues. What was one of those plagues? What was one of those things? It was the death angel. I don't care if you think I'm crazy or not. That's on our front door. And there's one on this barn door. This one's on McCall's dorm room door. I will do everything to fight the enemy right now. Every little thing. So when you leave today, there's a bunch of cut up red sashes out there. Why don't we start a movement there that our houses are protected by the blood of Jesus. Just like the Israelites were. What'd you say? (laughs) I'm close to being done. I told you this is going to go on for a while. So maybe instead of watching the news, you got some free time at home while you're not at work or whatever, maybe listen to some teaching from people you trust. Some people that are... Huh? Wendy? Yeah, text Wendy. She's sending out everything she can find to people. But you got to watch it. Let people teach you how to fight fear. Let people teach you how to walk into authority. Let them teach you how to have more faith. I want to hear that stuff more than I want to hear the fear monger stuff. So I watched two videos this week that meant a lot to me, and I was going to actually show one or two of them today, and I realized I couldn't talk and do that too, so I'm going to paraphrase. The first one was a video by Sid Roth. If you don't know who he is, he's a Jewish, a Messianic Jew. He believes in Jesus, um, and he has a lot of prophetic people come on his show. He started out with a question of where is your trust? Where's your trust right now? Is your trust in how your government's responding? Is your trust in whether or not Walmart has toilet paper, for God's sakes? Is your trust in your job, in the money you have, or is your trust in God? Is your trust in fear? I'm not talking about what you say your trust is in. I'm talking about what your actions show. Again, I'm not preaching at y'all. Y'all are here. Your actions show me where your trust is, and I thank God for that. Then he said, are we playing church? Are we living church? He said, this is a time of testing. This is a time that our kingdom muscles can be strengthened. In fact, he said, they can only be strengthened in a time like this. Our kingdom of God muscles can only be strengthened in this time of test. You know, it got me thinking, I heard a pastor say one time, he was talking about a tree. When a tree is in a storm and it's blown, That's when its roots dig in. That's when its roots grow, and that's when it digs in. The high winds come, the storm comes, it strengthens its roots. So that's my prayer for me, for my family. There are a lot of storms going on right now. Are we going to let it topple us over, pull our shallow roots out of the ground? Because we're seeing it all over the place. Are you going to let this be the time your roots grow deeper? Because there's going to be more storms coming, guys. This will pass over. You know it will. H1N1 was the same freaking thing 10 years ago, and it passed over. I'm not saying death and destruction isn't going to happen during this. I'm not trying to make light of that. But when this passes, there's going to be a new storm coming down the road. I don't know when it is. I'm not prophetic. I'm not trying to say that. But our prayer is that right now your roots will grow deeper. He said, this is a time to flex your muscles and grow. Don't waste this test. And I said earlier, this is a time when our true colors are going to be exposed. He went into a pretty heavy topic, and this would be like a whole sermon, so I'm just going to touch on it. We may talk about it more in the future. 
I don't know if you've ever been taught this before, but Satan has to have a legal right to get into you. If you are a born-again Christian, you have been saved, you believe Jesus was raised again, you are a believer, you're covered in the blood of Jesus, the only way Satan can get to you is through an open door where you give him legal right. Guess what one of those biggest legal, legal rights is? Fear. <laughs> it's a four-lane highway right in. I didn't just say that you're demon-possessed. or I'm talking about when you open the door to fear, you're giving legal right for bad things to happen. He went so far as to say, if you fight fear and you shut these legal doors for Satan to come in, that may be the very thing that protects you from coronavirus. That may be the difference between you and some other believer that says they're a believer, they're sitting home just letting fear come in like crazy. I'm just trying to give you everything I can, guys. I don't care if you take one or all or if you think I'm a kook. I'm just telling you, we've got to prop each other up during this time. Giving in to fear is giving the enemy a legal right. Because our enemy is not a virus. We didn't freak out about this 10 years ago, but it was a different virus. You can't compare pandemics. Yeah, well, we didn't have antibodies for that strain of the flu. The vaccine didn't work that we had. How is it any different? It was a lot of unknowns. Our enemy is not the virus. It's fear. It's fear of death. It's fear of uncertainty. You want to know what his antidote was? That's how he ended the video. Psalms 91. He said, it says, I rest in the shadow of the Almighty God, not in the shadow of fear. Whew, that's good stuff. Second video, <laughs> shorter video, Joseph Prince. Anybody ever heard of Joseph Prince? <laughs> I'm working hard not to make fun of his accent right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you want to talk about fear? So he said that in this time, we've got, to delight, we've got to learn to delight, to delight in God's word. Why are you here today? Huh? Yeah. Would you be here today if you didn't at least want to delight in God's word? My church doors are closed. I'll go here. Jason, please don't shut the doors. We need a place to go. We are here because we're delighting in God's word. Don't give that up. We have to be smart and wise. I'm not going to go out in public and shake every hand I can, right? I wouldn't do that if the flu was going around. I wouldn't do it. We're not going to do that. I wouldn't walk out in front of a car and say, Jesus is going to protect me, right? So we can't be stupid, but we don't cave to unnecessary fear. What's an example of fear? running to the store and buying out all the toilet paper they have. Someone please explain. Pardon? Y'all are going to have to become back row Baptist and get back there, okay? They're wearing me out up here. Sorry to any denominations that just... Why would you buy toilet paper in this time? Please don't even try to answer the question. <laughs> There's no rational reason that that's what people are freaking out about. Maybe beans and rice, to use John's example. <laughs> beans and rice and Jesus Christ, maybe beans and rice, <laughs> but not toilet paper, right? <laughs> Joseph Prince, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so again, referencing 
our Cheech look-alike over here. Um, Joseph Prince also emphasized the importance of Psalms 91. There's a theme right now. Fight fear. Read Psalms 91. Take communion. Listen to worship music. Praise God. Joseph Prince also said in Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, I have given you authority. Do you believe he gave you authority? I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy, which includes coronavirus. Nothing will harm you, which includes coronavirus. If I get it and I die, it didn't harm me because I'm going to be in a better place. You can think that's a cavalier statement, but I will stand on all the word of God, not just one little scripture in 2 Samuel that an unbeliever wants to throw at me. By the way, I want to tell you something that unbeliever said. He said, too many Christians read this book, and he held it up in our face, and they think they're God. Their version of God is better than what's in here. He's right. We've made God into something he's not. We've made Jesus into something he's not. We've got to get in the word and believe in the true God, the true Jesus. And you've got to believe in the authority that he gives you. Joseph Prince said you can't trample on something when you're scared to stand. Go back to that scripture, Ryan, please. You can't trample on something when you're sitting at home and you're scared to stand. And when you stand and you go to trample if something comes at you that's going to harm you, go back to Psalms 91, the angels will protect you. Can we tie these together and stand on this? So guys, I've told you, and this is kind of my closing. Man, I went way longer than I thought. i told you guys many times, God created this church to be a place of training. To train warriors that can go out and fight spiritual warfare. We have spent a lot of time teaching you how to fight fear. How to te teaching you what your weapons are to fight the enemy. And I think this was the reason. We didn't know what was coming, but God did. We've done our best to train you up. Now it's my job to remind you and encourage you to keep using the tools that we've given you in the past year. If you miss those tools, it may be a good time to go back on our YouTube and, uh, page and watch, our YouTube channel and watch some of those videos. Or come ask me. Anybody here know that I will sit down with you anytime and walk you through this a hundred times? Because maybe it means more right now. Maybe this is when we need it. We're living in an incredible time of fear, but we're also living in an incredible time of double-mindedness. How many people were there at Walmart yesterday? How many people were there at Kroger yesterday? Don't go out in public, you irresponsible Christian. Okay, I'm done. i got to run in here and get my groceries. That's double-mindedness. I'm about to say something harsh right now. I've watched churches close their doors, and I watched those men walk into Walmart yesterday. And I watched them walk into Kroger. I don't think it's coincidence. I won't name their names. I won't go talk to them. That's sad. I'm going to close my doors for risk of infection. I don't want to spread it. Got to go to Walmart for the 17th time this week because I need more toilet paper. That's hypocrisy, and that's double-mindedness. So while you're praying against fear, pray against double-mindedness, and pray against chaos in this world. It's a little double-minded to say we're going to shut down everything in our state and create a bunch of fear, but it's okay to go to the liquor store. You've got to survive, right? Chaos. What happens to people when they can't work? What happens to the people that rely on tips right now for rent and food, and now their restaurant's shut down? 
I'm going to ask a bold question. Is anybody, we're tracking coronavirus deaths. Are we tracking suicide rate right now? Because of hopelessness? Are we tracking looting and what's going to happen if this continues? People get desperate. They do desperate things. Do not allow fear to come in with those words. We just got to talk about reality. So we need to pray against fear, against double-mindedness, against chaos. So we're trying to take everything day by day. We're trying to find a balance of being bold, trusting God's word, but we are not going to be rebellious. I want to make that clear. God has told us in his word that he will not reward rebellion. But man, isn't it a fine line between boldness and rebellion? So please pray for us. Please pray for us to make wise decisions. Because when I go and I sit and I get alone and I ask God, I hear about seven voices. <laughs> yes, shut down. No, don't. What? You're listening to fear. Don't do that. That's just what's going on in my head. So help us, please, okay? This is an unprecedented time for us, too. I don't think God will reward rebellion, but I think he will reward boldness. The problem is I can walk in complete boldness and truth and immediately be called irresponsible. Weren't Jesus and his disciples labeled as rebellious? Weren't they called irresponsible for believing a story that a Messiah could come and a humble man that would be killed and raised from the dead when they were waiting on a big king? But how did that turn out? So I will be bold, and I will continue to be bold. But please pray for us not to be rebellious. I'll say it again. Christians that aren't living church may be the most irresponsible thing I can imagine. If you say you believe in God and you can't stand on these truths, that is more irresponsible than us taking a worship team to Cato's that's closed yesterday and standing out there. Anybody remember WWJD bracelets? Anybody know anybody still wears one? I know that's 10, 20 years ago. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? What do you think he'd do right now? I know what he did to the leper. He walked right up to him and healed him. What would Jesus do right now? What would his disciples do? Do you think they would stay home in a cocoon of fear? Stressed and worried? Would he stand up for the scripture and the father that he knew and be bold? And that's what I'm asking you all to do. Not be stupid, but be bold. And if I'm not being clear, please come talk to me. I'll spend hours if that's what it takes because I'm still trying to figure it out too. I'm going to end with this. Last week, I gave you some statistics. I'm going to update those. You guys remember those statistics? We talked about how mosquitoes kill way more people per day than coronavirus and all that. Okay, this week, this week, roughly 7,000 people die from coronavirus. That's tragic. What else happened? Roughly 7,000 died from the flu. That's tragic. Roughly 28,000 died from age, from AIDS. And I was just told a few months ago by one of these leading health people that that disease had been all but eradicated. But there were four times as many AIDS deaths this week than coronavirus. Didn't hear about that. Roughly 17,500 people were killed by mosquitoes in the last seven days. Roughly 17,500 suicides happened. Roughly 700,000 abortions happened. In seven days. And we're freaking out about coronavirus. Some people believe this chaos right now could be punishment. The unbeliever said it. 
Could it have something to do with the amount of those abortions or gay marriages? I'm not here to preach on those today. I just know that Scripture says those are two things that God won't tolerate, and they're going up. But I also know that during the time when God sent plagues, the, belief, the people that were his people were protected. So maybe our land's being punished, or maybe Satan's bringing I don't know. But I know that in either scenario, I have the protection of Jesus' blood. Okay? So it doesn't matter. I'm going to do my part. Maybe the anger and chaos is coming because everybody's idols have been taken away. Sports. I saw something the other day that said, man, I've been without sports for two days. I met this interesting person that's sitting beside me. Her name's my wife. <laughs> Entertainment or concerts. We're all mad because we're supposed to be at ramp right now. We weren't supposed to be having church today. We're supposed to be at ramp. Got canceled. Our Christian concerts are getting canceled. Our sports and our entertainment, all of our idols are being taken away. So here's, I don't know about all these things, but I do know that I can continue to be bold and I can continue to teach and encourage you, and I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to give you everything I have. We're giving you every tool we have. We're sharing with you what we're doing at home. We're trying to take you with us. We're trying to bring you laughter. We're trying to bring you joy, and that's all I can do. But you guys have to fight it yourselves, and we're here to help you. So we're going to continue worshiping a little bit. If you're tired today and you're, you got all you want and you want to go home, go home. We love you and pray that God allows us to have our doors open next week. But if you want to stay in worship with us, we're going to continue to worship. Before we worship, I'm going to play a song. Aaron introduced me to this song a couple of months ago, and, and I don't know if you guys listen to Casting Crowns, but man, they'll put out a song that will absolutely nail somebody in the face. Aaron let me listen to this song, I think it was at a wedding a couple weeks ago or months ago, but Monday night he came into our men's group and he was on fire and he said, play this song. And when we play this song, I want you to pay attention to the lyrics. And if somebody in the back doesn't mind, if y'all can go get Wendy and the kids to bring them back in for worship, but just pay attention to the lyrics of this song. Sing along if you want or just pay attention to the lyrics. 